Welcome back, everybody. From across the country and around the world, you are listening to American Billiard Radio. Today is February the 18th, 2016, and my name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host for today, and I'll be joined by Mr. Mark Cantrell of the Legends and Champions Report. How are you doing today, Mark? Fabulous as always, Dave. Fabulous as always. Fabulous. Trying to make it happen, baby. Yeah. Saving the world one day at a time. And this show is brought to you in part by Q Sports International, creating more choices for more players. Get out there and play. So uh, what's going on in the pool world, Mr. Mark? Um, I think first we should congratulate Mr. Skyler Woodward for his uh, win at uh, the Texas Open. Yeah, he's, uh, I, I tell you, I think we interviewed him maybe a year ago. When he was just kind of, I, I want to say, bursting on the scene, but he was starting to make a name for himself. Sure. And he's just, he, he, he's a force to be reckoned with. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you look at him, and maybe it's because I'm getting older. I don't know. I could probably be it. But he just looks so young. You know, he's very uh, <laughs> unassuming. Yeah. I, I would probably, if I didn't follow Poole and he wanted to play me, I probably would think I had a pretty good chance. Right. Against a kid, some kid who's wet behind the ears. Uh, but he's the first to be reckoned with. He's beating everybody in, you know, in, in Sayo, just about. Uh, yeah, yeah. He uh, he took Dennis, Dennis Urcoyo. He uh, took him down in the finals, double dipped him. So, uh, and he earned himself thirty points for the uh, for Team USA for the Moscone Cup team too. So that's not a bad haul uh, for one event. Yeah. There. Quite the job, quite the do- job. So congratulations, Sky, on that. And uh, let's see what else is going on. Um, well, you know, th- this weekend is actually the. The Swanee Memorial, Jay Swanson Memorial, out uh, in the West Coast. Uh, they're going to be playing nine ball. Uh, that starts the 20th and goes through the 21st in La Mesa, California. I- I'm thinking there's probably going to be some streaming going on there, too. I want to say there is. So uh, if you want to check into that, or if you're in the area, jump in. Get in on some of that action. That's a Yeah, so they the moved, the moved it from... Uh, um, uh, hard times. Hard times. I guess. Yeah. They moved from hard times to uh, somewhere else. On cue. Uh, to on cue billiards, yes, in La Mesa. Yeah. La Mesa is a suburb of San Diego. Yes, yes, down there where the weather so is. It's not, nice. that, it's, not, it's not that far away. Nah, it's a good, it's a good event, too. It's a good uh, event for them to do. And uh, let's see. There, I mean, there's a couple other things coming up. You know, uh, there is the trick shot magic and this and that. And, as a matter of fact, Johnny is playing uh, Ignacio coming up here. Is that this weekend or next weekend? I believe it's this Saturday. This Saturday? Yep. Okay, yeah. So. This Saturday, the Marriott Billiard Club. And uh, we're going to be talking to Johnny a little bit later on in the show. And got a little bit more information, I think, about that. Yes. Uh, we're not sure about streaming at this point. Um, but 
he's uh, last. I think that's the last thing on the mind. Really, they just kind of put a match together and said, "Hey, let's do it." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I hope they get a stream going on that. That would be a fun match to watch too. Those guys, uh, both of them, got good game, and they're playing for real money. <laughs> yeah, but, and and you know it's hard to get a stream because they only just I guess they only just put it together. Um, it's hard to get a stream off that uh, is in the Marietta, Georgia area, um, and able to get that. And if it's a pay per view, you know it's a pay per view. But mm-hmm. there's a whole lot more involved in that, or it's a free stream. Sure. Uh, if it's a free stream. You know that's uh, that's kind of up to the streamer to decide if they want to stream it yeah. or not. If they have to pay expenses, etc., and pay a cost to go, uh, to go do it. The only way they can make money is if it's pay per view. So we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see. And I, I don't think Johnny's very interested in uh, necessarily paying somebody to come out and stream it when he's for free when he's got. You know the match that he's playing. He's supposed to be playing. He don't want to organize all that stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, no kidding. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so uh, there's also an interesting uh, press release that just came out. Um, they're calling it a new nationwide tour. Um, that is in the works. This is an interesting piece of news, Mark, because um, I won't read the whole press release to you. But in a nutshell, um, it seems that there is some new organization called the NAPT, North American Pool Tour, um, is putting together what they're saying is a nationwide tour and involving some pro and semi-pro players. And, um, you know, now we don't have to go into detail because we don't have a lot of details yet. But I will say that this kind of stands in the face of um, the current WPB, uh, PBA that's out there. So um, I think there's some tension between the two parties. I'm not really sure what it all stems from. But Mike Howerton is going to be actually talking with, um, a little bit later in the show, a spokesperson uh, from this new organization, Adriana or Adrian Beach. So um, I believe she's the president, I believe it says. So we're going to be hearing from them a little bit more about their plans and uh, what have you and what they're up to and, and what this all means. So um, stick around for more information on that. So what else is going on, Mr. Mark? I, I've been in the works of I've, I've been writing a book from my travels on the road, and that's going to be sometime in the very near future. I keep procrastinating and not putting it out uh, for one reason or another, mainly not knowing what I'm doing. But um, getting close to that now, and I was looking through it a little bit, and it's Throwback Thursday, so uh, I invited uh, Johnny Archer to to come uh-huh. and join me for the next segment okay. and to, to reminisce throwback Thursday, reminisce some of the trips that we've had and some of the uh, goofy things that have uh-huh. happened. You mean you have, you actually have some memoirs in there somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Believe it or not. And I, and I, I'm glad I made the right choice in, in writing them down right from the get go. I used to do it as a blog on AZ Billions when we went on the, on the road and tell people what we were doing that day and, things that happened. 
and people seem to like it. So um, I started writing them down, and uh, until this point, and remembering things that have gone on. And so, you know, roll down on paper, and got them in different chapters, and it's ready to be a book. Uh, I've got a publisher working on things, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. Well, I'm glad I wrote them down because you know, as I get older, I <laughs> start forgetting stuff. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I know what you mean, huh? So well, that's, the, that's the next that's the next segment we'll be doing. The life and times of Mark Cantrell. That should be interesting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's more about a, everybody else than me, but it's, uh, I'm in it. Yeah, no, that sounds fun. All right, cool. Well, then you guys stick around if you want to hear some stories with Johnny Archer, and uh, we'll be right back after this. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of American Billiard Radio. I'm Mike Howerton. I'm joined this week by the president of the North American Pool Tour, a new tour that has formed, uh, kind of from the ashes, we'll say, although that'll get me in a lot of trouble, uh, of, <laughs> of another tour, uh, Adrienne Beach. Adrienne, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, sounds like you've been pretty busy. Uh, yes, I have been, actually. <laughs> So, tell me about the North American Pool Tour. Well, uh, it is a, a tour that's starting up. We're using uh, existing regional tours to start uh, Division Two, um, basically um, regional tours are coming together. So we have a Division Two tours, similar to what the WPBA did with their regional tours. Uh, we have a regional tour championship, and then we're forming a pro tour on top of that. So that's a um, and, and we're starting with the ladies, so that the ladies have a, uh, a way to qualify to play on some pros. So we're actually doing two. So we're doing a Division Two and a Division One um, ladies tours to start with. And then we're expanding into uh, doing some open. So we will have the ladies and we're going to have an open division where we're doing the same thing. We'll you know, get the regional tours going and they qualify to play onto a pro tour. Um, and then eventually we're going to open up for juniors and probably get some amateurs in there as well. So um, we're we're uh, working very hard to give more opportunities to um, players who want to play on, on tours. And and we're having a great time doing it too. It's been, it's been quite a riot. Now, so basically Division 2 is the regional tour level and then Division 1 mm-hmm. is pro level. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, I, I guess the the biggest question that comes to mind right off the bat is why. I mean, there there is a tour. I mean, there's there is the WPBA, and it's it's built around the same system. So, what prompted you to do this? Well, at this point, the WPBA is going in a different direction than what the the tours that are forming this different organization really wanted to go. And we just wanted to uh, do better for our players, basically, and and do something different and give them more opportunities than what the WPBA was offering at this point. 
so we kind of, we started with a conversation basically of a what if and, and what about, and I bet, and a, oh, you know, you can do this and we could do this. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, let's do it. So, and the opportunity came and we kind of jumped on it. And how long has this been in the, in the works? Um, in all honesty, there's a couple of us who've been thinking about it for a couple of years. Um, but actually from the, the time to go and, you know, we finally said, all right, we're, we're not going to talk about this anymore. We're actually going to move. And so right now it's been a month, but we've probably been talking about for about three months before that. But there's been a lot of ideas from all the, the board members that are, that are on the NAPP, um, have a lot of great ideas and a lot of energy and, you know, and they've got a lot of skills and knowledge as to how to run tours because they've been doing it. So, um, you know, uh, JP Newt has been running a successful tour for, you know, 10 plus years and, and same thing with OBQs. And so there's a lot of already knowledge there and things are already in place and things that, you know, people were saying, you know, I kind of wanted to do, could we try to do, or, you know, those kinds of things, you know, just ideas. And, uh, under, under the current, under the system we were under, we couldn't really explore those other ideas. We couldn't, you know, and by starting a new tour, you kind of get to do it. Well, and you say that, that the WPBA is moving in a different direction. Um, can you elaborate a little bit on that? You know, it's they just they're making choices and and decisions that we feel aren't really beneficial to the regional tours. So um, it was going to do more harm than good, and you know that's pretty much all I I really want to talk about that. <laughs> well. It, it, it... And I certainly don't want to turn this into a WPBA bashing session. I mean, professional pool is not where it was seven or eight years ago. And, and mm -hmm. you know, the WPBA is a good example of that. Um, so you've got 10 regional tours that are involved in, in this North American pool tour. And it sounds mm -hmm. to me as if these are kind of the long-running ones. Can you yes. can you list for us who those tours are? Uh, we've got the Professional Women's Pool Association up in the up, up where I am um, in the VPA. We've got the OBQ's Ladies Tour down in Texas. JP Newt, uh, the Northern Lights Ladies Tour. Uh, Smart Nine, no, not Smart Nine, Sport Nine. Excuse me, Sport Nine. Um, in Mississippi, Tennessee, that area, uh, the Florida, Tiger Florida Tour, the Tiger West Coast Women's Tour, and, it's the, and the MLRT, the Midwest Ladies Tour, have all uh, jumped on board. And then we've had, we've had some uh, inquiries about starting uh, one up in Quebec and, and uh, a possible bringing on board another tour from uh, Ontario. And, and in your press release, you mentioned that you represent roughly 400 regional players. Mm -hmm. For those 400 regional players, what changes for them now? What changes is they get more opportunities. So we're still going to do a Division II championship 
like they, they're used to getting a regional tour championships. We're still doing that. We're, uh, we will have uh, at least two pro events this year that we'll be able to have qualifiers for that they can uh, qualify to play in. Um, next year, there'll be a lot more. So there's going to be more opportunities for them to play, to challenge, to um, some of the tours are changing their formats a little. I know the NWPA is relaxing address code and, um, and you know, exploring options of changing up the format of how, how they run a tournament, you know, or, or doing a different kind of tournament or instead of playing nine ball, playing a different game, playing a 10 ball or, or something else. Um, we've talked about scotch doubles, I guess, was one of the things that came up, so I don't know how that would work. But, you know, it's just changing and, and getting more people involved and more, more players playing in the system. And, uh, you know, and giving more opportunities. Because right now, you know, there isn't a whole lot of opportunity. And, and I, again, I think that's partly just the climate in the billiards industry right now, but it also sounds like there's a, a new level of enthusiasm involved in what you guys are putting together, which, which I, I haven't seen that at the WPBA level for a while. Well, one of the things we are doing on, on the Pro Tour is we're actually going back into the pool room. So the Pro Tour, most of the, the tournaments will be in the, in the pool rooms with, you know, three, maybe four or five um, tournaments actually being in a, a casino. So, you know, now we're getting back to the grassroots of what pool is and, and supporting the rooms and, you know, those, that kind of thing. So I think that it's going to work out a lot better for the rooms and, you know, getting people out to, to see and, and players to um, kind of interact with their fans. It, it seemed in the past that what the WPBA had was that ESPN contract. Uh, that mm-hmm. allowed the top players to get on television, which then allowed them to promote certain sponsors. If you're going at the pool room level, then, mm-hmm. and, and I want to get further into short-term and long-term goals, but mm-hmm. if you're starting at the pool room level, is this something that you're looking at, trying to get streaming, uh, or, or hopefully even more than that? Oh, yeah, well, everything will be streamed. There's no doubt about that. Um, that's my other job. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, with Rails Rail. So, you know, uh, yeah, you know, we're going we're gonna to use streamers. We're going to, you know, get it out there so everybody can see what's going on. Um, and then maybe at some point in time, yeah, get it on, uh, you know, television or get it on to the bigger channel that's on Roku or, you know, um, those those avenues but the first thing we've got to do is we've got to get the tour going we've got to get the players on we've got to get you know momentum built up we've got to get the you know the base started so that we can build to that and and again i apologize i don't want to keep coming back to the wpba but you know this is what this is basically what you're being going to be compared to. I mean, if, if you guys mm-hmm. can't come out and show that you're better organized and can provide a better product, then 
the fans and the players are just going to say, well, okay, this was a fun little, you know, diversion for a little while. Uh, So my question being, there was a WPBA event uh, last month. Players were playing for roughly, what, 7,500 first prize money. Mm -hmm. How are your prize funds going to compare to events at that level? I think they will be comparable. If not, I, I, I don't want to say that we're going to be able to beat that right away, but I do, I do fully believe that we can, we can at least match that. So, um, we, we already have some of the, the contacts and, and, you know, sponsors kind of in our, you know, some sponsors already lined up and, and, uh, people are really excited about what we're, what we're, what we're going to do here. So I, I think, I think everybody's going to be pleasantly surprised at what we can, what we can pull out. I don't, I don't want to give too much away yet <laughs> until we announce our, our, our events and we can, you know, start telling you about, you know, some of the other stuff that we got going on because, uh, but it's, I, I think, I think, uh, I don't think that's out of, out of the realm of possibilities. And to go a little bit further on that question, you certainly have the support of the regional tours and again, the top Mm -hmm. regional tours. So that, I think that's already done. There has been a divide in the past between the regional players and the top players on tour, the, the players that everyone recognizes as opposed to the players that everyone should recognize at the regional tour level. Um, what kind of a reaction, if any, have you gotten from, let's say, the top eight players? Uh, we've actually gotten really positive um, feedback from those top players that we have uh, contacted. Oh, um, they've been overly, I mean, just really, really supportive of what we're doing, and it was, it was almost a little surprising. That some of the some of the players that stepped up and said, "Hey, good job! You know, you guys are yeah, <laughs> keep going, keep going. We want to see what you guys come up with." So, um, yeah, most of the response that we've gotten has been positive. I mean, there's always there's always negative. You know, when you go into the forums or you go into Facebook and that kind of stuff, there's always somebody's going to post something negative. Well, you know, where's the money? Where's this? Where's that? I mean, all this kind of stuff, but the the people that are involved in doing this have been running successful tours for over a decade, you know, and people get their, people get their money. We have sponsors, we have great events. We have, you know, the rooms are happy. We're getting added money, you know, and, and we're able to, you know, create a, a, a tour championship. We, we've already been doing all that. So this is just expanding on what we already know how to do and just do it a little bit bigger. Well, I, I don't know if I'd use the phrase a little bit bigger. I mean, <laughs> there's a big difference between running a regional tour and then running pro events. Yes. Well, the personalities involved are, are a lot bigger. There's per- yes, there's personalities in, in, in every sport but in, in every level. I mean, you ha- people are people. And they have egos and they have tempers and they have all that kind of stuff. You're just going to have to deal with it. You know, and we'll do. I mean, it's just, you just do. 
And and that's kind of the way it works in the pool world. You know, if you have the drive and the desire, you just you deal with things as they occur. Um, mm-hmm. So tell me, short term, let's say next year, what are your goals? And, and can you give me, again, not asking you to divulge things that you're not ready to do yet, but can you give us a, a 20,000 foot view of, of where the North American Pool Tour will be a year from now? I think a year from now, we will have, for the ladies, we will have a full, uh, full pro um, schedule for them, along with a pro uh, Division One. I'm going to say a Division One uh, championship and a Division Two championship. Um, I think we'll also have some of the, what we're going to call open tours, because ladies do play on some of these uh, in the men's tours around, have some of them on board and do something similar to what we do this year for them next year. So we'll actually be on boarding some, you know, of those kinds of tours so that we can do the same thing for the guys and, and women who like to play in some of the guys' tours, um, and give them opportunities, uh, and start, you know, working on the juniors as well to, to do something for the juniors, working with the, the BEF and, uh, developing that, that side of it as well, because the juniors are very important to the growth of the sport. So that's, uh, kind of where we're going to be. And I want to shift gears for just a second. Um, Really, I'm I'm going back to something that we had talked about. Basically, the system is going to exist for the ladies the same way it's existed for them in the past, where you play at the regional tour level, you accumulate points, or, or you win qualifiers, and that's what gets you into the pro event, or is it going to be something different? Uh, it's going to be basically the same because it works. Um, however, it won't be just, uh, you know, one person going from the division tour championships onto the pro tour. Um, the fields on the pro tour are going to be larger than what they've been in the past. Um, we're going to start with 64 player fields and, and fill. And, you know, if we've got to fill from the division twos, we will fill from the division twos. But um, the whole thing is, is to get the players in there and playing and, and, you know, again, create the opportunity. So, you know, along with the qualifiers, being able to win a qualifier to play on a pro tour, then um, the tour champion uh, of each one of the tours will have a year uh, of invites onto the pro tour. Um, And then uh, we will uh, give a year to the top. I I can't, I don't know exactly how many finishers, but it's, it's pretty sure it's going to be at least three the top three finishers in the Division Two championships for the Division One for the next year. So it's uh, it's the same, but not because you know that's not that's not the way they they do it. It's usually one or two. Um, you know, the top only the top RTC winner would get, and and being that the WPBA didn't have much of a, a schedule. Um, you got one or two tournaments, maybe. So that's uh, that's what we're looking at. Okay. Um, all right. Let's go back to the goals. So you've told us where you want to be in a year. Uh, where do you see this being in five years? In five years, I'd like to see both the women and the opens going strong with a, a lot of the Division One tournaments. Um, 
probably seven or eight throughout the year, um, maybe more. I mean, we could probably have up to 10 of those. And then have maybe three or four big tournaments where you bring in the top players from the Division One and Division Two into a casino, you know, big events, um, uh, you know, kind of premier events that way with, you know, bigger purses. And that's, that's what I see in brothers. And a strong juniors program as well. I'm interested in your plans outside of just the ladies. Um, personally, I've loved the idea for a long time of building something similar to the existing qualification system uh, for the ladies, for the men. Uh, I mean, there's a number of regional tours out there. I'm the tour director for one of them. So as a tour director for an open tour, mm-hmm. sell me on joining the North American Pool Tour. Well, the first thing we're going to provide for you is we're going to give you a division championship, which is something that you guys, you know, those regional tours don't have at this point in time. So, you know, you sanction with us, we're going to be, we're going to give you that to you. You can be able to send your top players to this championship, which we have been asked to do for, you know, the men for ever. You know, every time there was an RTC, you know, well, why, why can't you do this for the guys? Why can't you do this? We're going to do that. That's, that's the first thing we're going to do. And then, from there, we're going to build a pro tour system so that your guys can qualify to in the exact same way as the ladies. And we're going to hold those tournaments for you, and we're going to, you know, um, build that that pro system for you. So basically, you guys run your tours the way you run your tours, and and that that's the big thing is we're not going to change how you run your tours. And I know a lot of open tours; they have handicaps, they have you know things that they do to get players in there to, to play on their tours. And that kind of stuff's not going to change. Um, the only thing that will change is we're going to ask that you assign points to your finishers so that we can have standings. So by the end of the year, you know, you know who the top standings on your, uh, the hop, top players on your tours are by the standings. And you can invite so many players to this, you know, division uh, championship. So if I run a, a, a regional tour, and, and mm-hmm. I'm taking a step back, if I run a men's or a women's regional tour, mm-hmm. I currently assign points to the finishers at each stop. What else are you going to, and when I say you, I mean the tour, what else is the NAPT going to tell me that I need to do? I mean, do I need to enact a dress code? Do I need to apply a certain point system? Do I need to run specific events? Do I need to put logos on my website for your sponsors? What's involved? Um, at this point in time, uh, you pay your attention fee and your players who want to, who, who want to, they don't, it's not required, um, but who want to actually have their points count towards that, that championship with their membership fee. Um, and then we would put all your information onto our website, promote your, promote your tour as being one of our tours, um, uh, you know, put you on your Facebook page, all, and all your articles, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, so we're going to promote you that way. Uh, so, so basically, you're going to be able to, you know, we're going to do this for you, but you're going to be able to run your tours the way 
your market demands that you run your tours, basically. So we're not going to we're not going to come in and tell you you have to do this, this, and this, and this. You don't have to have a dress code. Um, you you don't have to play any particular format or any particular game because in in, in our tours we're going to we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to have ten ball. We're going to have nine ball. We might have an eight ball tournament. Um, you know, so you don't have to stick to one format. You don't have to have a dress code. Um, your players are not going to be required to, um, other than, you know, obviously you're going to want them to behave themselves at their tournaments. Uh, we're not going to require players to sign a contract limiting them to where they can and cannot play because, in all honesty, that's a limiting uh, a player's ability to, to, you know, make money, earn, earn a living, and we just don't believe that that's fair. So uh, we're, we're not going to do any of this. We're not going to restrict you from running your tour the, the way you want, it, you want it to go, the way it works for you. Because what works for your tour may not work the same for somebody in the Northwest. And, and, and you know, the stuff we do up here may not work down in Texas. So, you know, you can't – it's not one-size-fits-all kind of a thing. I mean, you have to, you have to, you know, um, do what works in your area. Okay. That seems fair. So if I'm a region – well, if I'm a player at all or if I'm a fan or anyone who's interested in, in what's going on, where do I get more information about what you guys are doing? Uh, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, and we have a website at uh, Um We're going to be posting uh, more and more information as we get going. Um, we'll also be tweeting things out uh, on Twitter. So those are the those are the best things. Um, we also will be posting an AZ Billiards, um, it's a great site there of, for all the tournaments and and all that as well. So um, th- those are the places I would go for for more information. And you've you've said that you're going to have uh, further press releases. What did you say? What two three weeks? Yeah, you know as soon as we get the you know our our first our first uh, post up nailed down and, and all the particulars ironed out and all that, uh, we'll be announcing that there's probably a couple weeks. Okay. Well, I, I, I have to commend you for doing what you're doing. Um, I certainly don't expect it to be easy, but it sounds like you've got the right level of enthusiasm and, and from being in the pool world for a while, you know that, you can you can get past a lot of barriers with that enthusiasm. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing that I, I have is I have a great group of people working with me to do this. It's not just me. I, I'm, I'm the president. I'm kind of leading the charge, yes. But the people that are on the board who are, uh, you know, are actually helping and, and doing a lot of the work are amazing. And they bring a lot of knowledge and a lot of skills to the table. And their enthusiasm as well. So it's very easy for me to be enthusiastic because of the group I, I have working with me to do this. So it's, it's, it, it's exciting. It's exciting for us. Yeah. Half the time I walk around thinking, you know, feeling like a kid at Christmas basically um, because of what I know this could be. And, and I know that the people that are working on this feel the same way and they are, they are 
you know, 110% into this. Um, it's, it's exciting. It's very exciting. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more and more about what you guys are doing. Um, and reading all the press releases and then hopefully once you guys have something further put together you'll come back on the show with us again and uh, let everybody know oh absolutely okay sounds good i appreciate your time today uh well, thank you very much anytime anytime that was adrienne <laughs> beach she is the president of the north american pool tour i'm mike howerton that's all we've got this week uh stay tuned next week or Whenever we've got something new to talk about here on American Billiard Radio. Thanks, everybody. Welcome back to American Billiard Radio. This is the Legend of the Champions Report. And, uh... This week, I was kind of going through, as some of you know, I've been in the process of uh, writing a book of short stories that talk about uh, some of the trips I've had on the road with a number of, you know, legendary pool players. And uh, it brought some memories back to me. And so I decided that I'd get my buddy who's been on a lot of these trips with me, uh, Johnny Archer, to join in. How you doing, Johnny? Oh, that's me. Oh, yes. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> Good. Now, some of these trips that we've been on, we've been, we've been all over the country together, haven't we? Yeah, I guess, if, you know, I, I don't know if we should brag about it, but, you know, uh, yes, we have. <laughs> well, it seems like you never know when it's going to happen or when something funny or strange or fun is going to go down. And so... But it seems like every trip that we go on, there's at least one or two things that happen that kind of crack us up, no matter who we've been with, whether it's been with Earl or Nick, you know. So, do you have any particular story? You throw back Thursday on Facebook. So, um, do you have any particular stories that you can remember that were worthwhile talking about? Okay, let, let me start out by saying I have no clue what throwback Thursday means. So I, I don't really know what we're doing. I just know it's Thursday. Is that is that? Well, wait, what, what does that mean? What what basically what people do is they pull up photographs up or memories up on Facebook right. for something that happened, you know, whether it be a couple of years ago or ten years ago or fifty years ago. Okay. And so it's just going back and remembering good times. So so everybody like like gets involved with this. Is this like a holiday? <laughs> Yeah, uh, now nah, you're trying to make it difficult, aren't you? You're just going to ask me questions. See, here's the thing: you make up stuff. You make up stuff, and over in England, I don't. I, y'all don't like. Y'all don't celebrate holidays normal. So I know over in England. See, I never know when you're serious. I, I think you just come up with this junk, throwback Wednesday and Thursday, and all that stuff. So I don't never know when you're serious or not. Well. You know what? Call me tomorrow because it's going to be FU Friday if you keep on like this. <laughs> and I didn't swear. You see that? I told you it's I did. Sunday, even if you think it, it's bad. So, do you have any memories? Anything that you know stands what? out? A particular thing that I has have, happened? Here's the thing. 
when you first called me one time and told and told me to come to Phoenix that you wanted to have me there to do something with Earl, and I had a tournament, and I listened to you talk on the phone, I could not picture what you would might would look like, okay? I, because I'd never seen you before, and then when I when I finally seen you and I tried to put the voice with the face, nothing matched at all. So that's whenever I decided, okay, you make me laugh, so I've got to go do more things with you. So that's kind of what happened. Okay, that's what stands out to you. That well, stands I'm... Out. Actually, to be honest with you, uh, there's some things that stands out that, that, you know, we may get put in jail for if we talk about. So... Uh, I really don't know, and a lot of it has to do with Earl, and a lot of it has to do with marijuana. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't do that. And you don't uh, do what? Marijuana. What do you mean you don't do it? Don't I, I, worry I don't, about it. There's no police listening today. You can go ahead and tell the truth. Uh-huh. You're. I tell you what, man. I understand. I wanted. I, I I sat around going, "Oh, this would be a good radio show to do," and I, and I should have thought more carefully about what I was doing. Uh, you know what, here. Mark? I'm going to make it very clean. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do a very good, professional, clean interview with you from here out. The rest of this this interview right here. I'm gonna try. I can't promise, but I'm gonna try. All right. Let me let me bring you. Let me bring up a story that. Right. Um, See, see if you remember it. You can join in with it. Okay. Uh, in my book, it's entitled, the title of the chapter is Death's Door. Death's Door, okay. And I, to be honest, I think, I can't remember where we were. We may have been in uh, Redding, California, and we had to go to possibly Reno. Right. And, we, and there was a snowstorm coming out. And we were with Nick Varner. Okay. And everybody was saying, don't go traveling. Stay on the main roads. Because... Don't go Don't go over the mountain. I remember what everybody said. Don't go over this mountain. There's some kind of big storm up on this mountain. I just remember that. I think it was Yellowstone, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I believe it was Yellowstone. And Nick, because for those of you who don't know, Nick Varner, he's, uh, he loves scenery. He loves the... Um, he, he likes to take pictures of everything as you go by. I mean, sometimes, I mean, we've traveled sometimes uh, 20 miles and he's taken five hours because, you know, stop and go, oh, oh, huh, we got to stop. We got to stop and take a picture of this one thing. Well, let's just give everybody a little bit. One thing, if you ever ride with Nick, you won't ever, ever have to worry about getting Ticket. That's one thing you would never have to do. Nick will make sure that no cop will stop you. If they stop you, they'll stop you for going too slow. That's the only way Nick can get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And then but parking in the middle of the street because he has to take that photograph. So basically, we're going. We, we he wants to go through the Yellowstone National Park. He wants to he wants to see these big giant redwood trees, right? Okay. That's exactly right. I remember this now. Yeah. And, and we and we were at breakfast, and he uh, before we took off on our trip, and he was doggone determined that we were going to go through the redwoods. It didn't matter that everybody's saying there's a huge storm coming through, 
that you, you could get snowed in. I've read stories about it. I mean, I was I was scared of this happening. I remember. Yeah, I mean, you and I both remember we actually had a couple of talks on the side without Nick. We were trying to figure out moves, how we could talk Nick out of going over this mountain. It wouldn't work. Right. He, the last ditch effort we had was uh, we finished with breakfast. He went to the bathroom. And you and me looked at each other and said, we've got to get him out of this. Look at the sky. Right. We had a window. We were looking at the sky. It was gray. I mean, it looked ominous, didn't it? That's it. Sure did. Well, to let everybody know, going over this mountain was exactly right around the same exact time frame to get there as not going over the mountain. So we had nothing to lose by going another way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there was no there was no uh, speed difference, time difference. So it was going to take us longer than anything else. And so, but Nick went, oh, huh, huh, no, oh, I'm going to see these red ones. I don't know if I'm ever going to get the chance again to see these trees. <laughs> sure did. That's exactly what he was saying. <laughs> so we, we we take off and we go fine. Whatever. I mean, we're. Paying attention, we were saying, okay, we'll, we'll go along with it because Nick has a tendency to uh, sulk a little bit if he's not going to get his own way. So, yeah, but uh, if you don't do what Nick says, uh, you know, a lot of times you're in for a long day, that's for sure. So we take off and he's saying, look, Carl, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And we're up, we're in these country roads. I mean, we're kind of, he's kind of desolate. And then a couple of these flakes of snow come down. And then a few more. And they're getting bigger and bigger. Still no big deal. We can still see the car tracks in front of us, you know, from the car that was previous. It's not really settling too much. Well, in about 10, 15 minutes now, we can't see the car tracks in front of us anymore. Right. Uh, matter of fact, I don't believe we could see but 10 feet ahead of us. We couldn't see a whole lot, that's for sure. All of a sudden, everything just like it, it, like it went pitch black dark. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm going, this is exactly what I was talking about, Nick. This is what we were talking about. This is what we warned you about. Shit was coming down. It looked like it was going to stop. And I tell you what, Nick had a shifty look on his face, didn't he? He was like, oh, yeah. crap. I, I, we might be, we, he, he was starting to get worried now about yeah, that. Yeah, that sure did. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't good. And I was worried, too. And I was sitting in the back seat, and I remember this clearly. I had a half a bottle of Gatorade and a half a bag of Cheetos back there. Right. And I started uh, squirreling them away because I'm thinking, look, if we get trapped out here, I'm not going to get, you know, you need this stuff. Right. You know, I, I was, and, and then I started looking around at YouTube and figuring well, which one of us is we're going to have to eat first if we get trapped out here. <laughs> it's going to be Nick, and we're going to start with that big nose he's got. We start with the nose. I mean, that's got to be, you know, I can feed you for a couple of days at least, won't it? Yeah, that's right. Then your nose next. We'd have to kill you guys. You just lop yeah. the noses off. Anyways, so listen, don't don't worry about it. You ain't got just a little pinball nose yourself. You you was blessed with that. Yeah, I was blessed. I'm a handsome man. Anyway, so we we. Uh, we finally we get we get through it and we get through the snowstorm and everything and we get to the redwoods. Mm. And it's all the weather's cleared up now. Okay. And everybody's happier. We're all a little bit happier, a little more chippier. That's right. Do you remember what happened next? 
I sure do. Let me tell this part. Because this part, this, this could only happen in movies. There's no way that anybody could script this part. Okay? So we're going, we're going up this mountain. We might even be at the top. I don't know exactly where we're at. But all of a sudden, these big, you know, any side, either side of the road, if you happen to kind of lose your driving just a little bit and go off the edge, you ain't coming back. That's how, I mean, it's a, who knows how long a drop it is off the cliffs on both sides. So Nick's driving, and we already know that, that when Nick gets looking and he gets looking at things, whatever side he looks on, that's what side the car starts to go. So if he's looking to the left, the car just starts going left. And anyway, so he decides, oh, my Lord, look at these big trees. I've got to take a picture of these trees. And me and you are like, okay, Nick, go ahead, do your thing, whatever. Well, as soon as we said, okay, he just slams right the side of the road and says he just gets out the car. So I, I think to myself, okay, well, it's a good time me maybe go you know, use the restroom, and I think you want to maybe smoke a cigarette or something. Anyway... We're just kind of, Nick's doing his thing, talking how good the trees. And then I look around, and the car is rolling. Or the van, Nick's van is rolling, just kind of edging forward. I'm thinking, what's going on? Then I look, Nick's ain't, he didn't put it in park. So all of a sudden, we're on a mountain, and this car is rolling, and we're all outside the car. And all I can think of, oh, my God, this car should go right off the mountain. And we're, me and you are yelling, and Nick never turns around. I don't think he ever turns around. When we're telling, what's wrong with the car? Finally, I think one of us jumps in the car and and stops it. And uh, anyway, that that's kind of a story. So if you ever ride with Nick, you better well, ride. I, I, I tell you what, what was happening. You were behind the redwood tree, relieving yourself. Right. And, and see the see the stuff. I mean, it's not like he was running fast, but he was moving. No. That's that's all. He just needed to be moving. Yeah, it's and a, it, I, I was going pick up speed a second, though. And you start screaming, get a man, get a man. And I, I go running because I don't know if it's going to pick up a whole bunch of speed. I've got to get to it. I try to jump in. I'm six foot four. Nick's what, four foot three or so? I don't. Yeah, the most. Yeah. And, and so I can't even get in because he's got the feet pulled up. Yeah. So I can't even get in. So I have to lunge at the, the brake with my hand, which is never, anybody who's ever had to do that knows that doesn't work out well because you put in your hand the, the, the pushing on there. The car comes to a complete halt, and I don't. I'm, I'm smashing my head against the side of the thing, and I'm there yelling, you're running back, you've got to put the car in park now. <laughs> now, you got to remember, at this whole time when all this going on with you and I, Nick still taking pictures. He, he still stood to take pictures uh, across, the, yeah. across the way, and he wasn't that far away. It's not like he was, you know, he'd wandered out of sight or anything like that. Um, and, he, and he comes wandering back over to the van, and we're going, Nick, you can put a plate in Why is wrong with you two? Why are you always hollering? What's, what's going on? Totally, totally oblivious to everything. Never, and still to this day, he thought you and I were just making something up. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, one more that, uh, a story with, with Nick. Cause he, uh, he was funny. Unless we've got, we've, got, we've got one with Earl. 
Oh, we got a few with everybody. I, I, I remember one with Nick. This is one of the better ones that I can remember. I remember when we were in California again, and we were, we were doing a show, um, like, up in the mountains. Okay, we did a show. We got to this town about an hour away. Well, anyway, we, you and I wanted to check out of the hotel, and we're going up in the mountains and get the hotel there, like where we were going to. Nick wanted to stay there where we're at. It's a full hour drive back the wrong way from where we're going after that night. It was. I'll tell you where it was. I'll tell you where it was. It was, uh, we were doing the show in Willow Creek. Willow Creek. That's right. I remember that now. In Humboldt County, in the Emerald Triangle, where they grow all the weed and everything out there. Yeah, that that whole town, I think, uh, yeah. I I actually walked around the town, and and nobody had a flower garden. I'm going to tell you that. (laughs) They had a a garden of this, and it was like they were proud of it. It was pretty cool, but... And the, and the place he wanted to stay was Eureka, which is down the windy road, going for miles down this windy road that people are going crazy on. So Yeah, well, here's the thing. When, after the show that night, we were going to keep on going over the mountain for the next show the next day. So it's totally way out of the way. So you, so Nick always made a deal about price. Because, you know, let's, well, let's just be honest. Nick ain't... Uh, you know, he's still pretty close to his first dollar he made. You know, Nick don't let it get by too far. <laughs> so so anyway, you were like, Nick, look, okay, there's this place right across the street from the place where we're doing the show that night, and it's a nice place for about $10 more. For, it was like 100 You had it for like 100 bucks. Anyway, we're paying 90 where we're at at some Best Western or something. I can't remember what it was. And Nick says, well, that's ten dollars more, and I said, "Well, well, what's wrong with that? You know, we only—that's only—we only have two rooms. That's basically twenty dollars. That's like seven bucks a piece, and we don't have to drive two hours out of the way. And we're right across from the show because the thing about Nick is, once the show's over, it ain't over for Nick. Nick still likes to kind of hang around and show his cues, and you know." spin around and do a lot of things. Well, you know, I get tired at night. I'm ready to go. So anyway, it all, it just made sense. And Nick, and you went and pulled it up on the internet and told Nick, come in here, look, Nick. Look, I want to show you this hotel, the price. Nick would not go look at it. Would not do it. He did not want to go see what you had. And he was, no, we're, we got to come back here because it's $10 less. And so we finally talked Nick into doing it. I don't know if I did it or both of us did it or what. We finally talked him into doing it. And remember when we took off to go to the thing and he wanted to get some mints? Wasn't it some mints or something he was wanting to get? Oh, that, that's not the same trip. That's not the same trip. But it's no, no, we can't. We, right? Uh, no. But wait, it was on. It was on the same. It was on the same trip, but it's not in the same place. No. Oh, okay. I thought no. he, he drove like a full 45 minutes out of the way to find a CVS that had these certain kind of candies or something, right? <laughs> yeah, Winter Green. Winter Green Lifesaver. Winter Green that's exactly right. He likes to bag them. Anyway, you can get them anywhere in the world, but he he uh, Googled it on his thing, the GPS, and meanwhile we had to go 45 minutes, dared out of the way to get them, and he was so happy, couldn't believe it. 
Yeah, he, he took he added an hour to our drive to get a bag of mints. Oh, yeah. And we've been driving. But when you're talking about that, the hotel room, so we got him to do the this, uh, it was called Coho Cottages, that he was all okay. against. He thought it was going to be this little shithole of a place right. that was going to be out there, and he didn't want to do it. Meanwhile, we, we get him to do it. And what was that place like? I mean, oh it was a, it was it was one of the walking nicest distance. places we stayed on on the whole trip. It was uh, had remember it was little log cabins or something like that. And you walk across the street from the from the pool room where we did the show, and it was just super nice. Man, what a nice place! The, the beds, the bed, and everything. It was all. I, I mean, I, to be honest, I've stayed in some nice hotels, but yeah. that bed and, and the pillows and everything, and the floors were heated. The bathroom floors were heated, remember? It was. And you remember that the refrigerator was cold, so you could put that all your beer in it. Yeah, I remember that. that? Yeah, it had a patio with a nice barbie. Each place had a nice little barbecue set up outside. Yeah, Yeah, that was was really nice. But, um, yeah, that that was... uh, Quiet, quiet trip there. I remember going yeah. in, in the, that Willow Creek. That's where they have the cage to the Bigfoot. There. Oh, that's right. Everything's about Bigfoot now. Right. It's just uh, right. that's the famous uh, film footage that you see of the Bigfoot was filmed there in Willow Creek. And somebody's built a big cage in the town to put it in if anybody catches it. Meanwhile, everybody's smoking weed. The whole place is full of everybody smoking weed. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, there's all these Bigfoot signs, and everybody's smoking yeah. weed. And I'm asking some of the locals outside who was obviously smoking it, and <laughs> saying, you know, all these Bigfoot signs you get here, and everybody's smoking weed. Has anybody put two and two together that this, like, what? They, they, they had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. Maybe they hadn't quite seen Bigfoot like they thought. He's probably the guy down the street who's got a beard and long hair. And he he, he takes the trash out every Tuesday or something. You know what I mean? Oh, there he is again. Okay, last well, one. I, I will say on this, uh, on this after this interview, I don't know if we'll be getting asked back by Will Creek to do a show. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> just clarify, no, we're just kidding with you. Please do not cut it off. L- last one. Last memory here. Uh, right. uh, I call it the deliverance moment, or um, <laughs> I do remember this one. You Mountain folk. Yeah, this this is kind of this is <laughs> this is type of town that I grew up in. Yeah. And we were staying at your house, and then we had to drive up to do the show in uh, I believe it's Florence, Alabama. And in order to get to it, you've got to go through the either the Appalachian Mountains or there's some other kind of mountains that you have to go to. Where they've got all, I mean, it's where the real hillbillies live. You know, it's not. I mean, I'm not kidding with that. You know, I'm not trying to insult anybody when I say that. But like real hillbillies that have a shanty, uh, you know, they've got a stove and they've got a still in the back. <laughs> I got offered moonshine. I got offered moonshine. That's why I got it. You offered moonshine in that town. And you took it, too, because that's the night that you were really messed up. No, I wasn't messed up that night. I should have been. I should have been as scared as I was. I, so we're driving up through the, the mountains, 
to get to you it. Gotta remember, you got to remember, I put on the GPS, and, and, I, I, and that wasn't the smartest thing I ever did because it sure wasn't the right way to go. Well, you don't listen to GPSs anyhow. I don't even know why you put them on. So, yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, we, we're driving up, and it's you, me, and Earl. Earl Strickland. Yep, right. And I guess you two decided that you were going to let me know all about the mountain folk. And, and, <laughs> yeah, uh, Earl and yeah, I do know about them, yeah. You, you ever seen that movie? T Wheels, you ever seen that movie called Deliverance? <laughs> I, yeah, I've seen that movie. This is where it is. This is it. This is the place right here. This is what it's all full of. There's those kind of people. And they're going to love you here. And now you join in. Oh, yeah, they're going to love you here. Oh, they're going to love you. Praise the little mouth well, and all that. In fact, well, you got to really, remember, Earl usually don't pick at nobody. He's usually just kind of ramming on it. He actually don't pick at nobody. So, so this is kind of new. He usually, he usually don't. So, anyway, this is kind of new for Earl. He joined in with me, so I, I like to pick at people. But you know. so you, you scare him at death. That you know, there's a bunch of hillbilly rednecks. Uh, chances are they're gonna want to have the way with me or do something to me. And right. as we're going up, I see these little wooden houses on the side with smoke bubbling out the chimney in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you can see them from the freeway. They're out there. And uh, so we get to the place, and we're a little bit late. Yeah, and uh, that's right. That was quite a place, wasn't it? You remember that a smokehouse? A well, smoke- the thing is, it was uh, it was one of the older style pool rooms, you know, back in the south. Um, where you, when you walk in the door, as soon as you walk in, it's only just straight back. There is no design to it. It's uh, it's one little long hallway with pool tables. You can sit on either side of it, and they have a little bar there right at the front there for eating and stuff like that. But that's an old style pool room. I know it was over 100 years old. I don't know how much over 100, but it, and it had the wooden floors. Yep, that's right. Which is a bad move for a pool room. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because you don't know which way the table's going to roll with the, with the wood expanding and shrinking. Depending on the right. season, you're going to play on a different table every week. That's right. And... Uh, and then upstairs, there was a balcony. It sure was, in the back, that's right. And so, you know, we arrived, and there's all these people, they're around the the, the table that we're going to play on, and I'll do the exhibition on. Leave me alone. And then uh, I have to go and make a little speech to say, hey, thank you all for coming. Sorry, we're just a little bit late. But we got stuck in traffic or whatever. We got lost. And the guys are just going to warm up for five minutes, and then we'll get started with the show. And as as I'm starting to say this, I look up, and I see there's a balcony going around the top. And there's a whole bunch of them. A whole bunch of people stood up there. Hold on now. When you say a whole bunch of them, you're like stereotyping something. What do you mean by that? Okay, you t- you describe what the average person looked like in there. I thought they were normal. Okay, how many people were wearing shirts? Most of them. Okay, how many do you think were wearing no shirt and an overall for a night out? Um, 
Probably a little more mode than most, yeah. Okay, so there was people wearing overalls with no shirt for, for their night out. Okay. Well, that's you know, well, that's you know, that's kind of they were they were chilling out. You know, that's kind of what you should do. Well, now this was brought. So I'm looking at these guys, and I'm going, wow. This is exactly what Earl and Johnny warned me about. And so I do my speech and, oh, it'll be ready in five minutes. We'll get the show started. And then I hear this voice. And there's this guy up there. And, you know, we, a lot of people know Charlie Bryant, Hillbilly. I mean, he looked like Charlie Hillbilly Bryant. But with no <laughs> show on an overalls, you know. And he now, yelled how do, you know, how do you know that it was a guy? You can tell by the voice. He yelled down. He said, where'd you get that accent from, boy? Where'd you? And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm getting heckled already. They're already at me. I haven't done anything yet. <laughs> I think I'm Earl paid him to say that. Oh, man, I, I was like, oh, crap. They, they weren't kidding. This, 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 my accent, you know, and uh, I'm wearing slacks and a dress shirt. And obviously, way overdressed, and uh, <laughs> and I've got an English accent, and and that guy chose he was decided he was going to say something to me, and and I go, oh my god, this is real. I, what's going to happen here tonight? And I look over, and you and Earl are sat there laughing your asses off, pointing <laughs> at me. Look at him! Look at him! It was funny, though. I'm not lying. I tell you what, they had some of the best beef stew and cornbread I ever had. Yeah, they did. It was uh, up at the front. It was uh, it, look, If Gordon Ramsay went into that place, he'd tear it apart. But this is the most filthiest, disgusting, you're doing everything wrong kind of place. And meanwhile, some of the best food you ever had. Sure was, now. That's exactly right. That's uh... Well, anyway, let everybody know that's just three of the little bitty stories that's in your book, and me and you talked about it the other night, I remember all the stories that you were telling me about. You was reading from the book, and I've got to buy it myself, because I think I'm going to look at it and laugh back at it myself. Yeah, it's, uh, there's, there's so many just little things. Nick losing his sunglasses. Remember, he's getting ready to try and arrest somebody in the oh, convenience uh, store, because he, he, he thought he'd lost his sun. He'd stolen his sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, I remember all that stuff. What about the one? I don't know if you had this one in your book, but remember where we come out of the uh, the way the show goes is we have a certain thing that we do. I always I play people, Earl Dunn, trick shots, just to name a couple things. And um, anyway, so I always did the last part of the show. And Earl would take that time while I'm doing the show, and he would got to go relax. You know what I mean? He's kind of had a longer day, so he's going to relax. Well, you know, we all kind of know what Earl does when he relaxes, right? So all of a sudden, <laughs> we get, you know, when we get ready to go, I'm ready to go. It's midnight. You know, it's been a long day. You're ready to go, too. We're, we've done, you know, we've done this autographs. We've done everything, and we kind of want to get back and get some rest and wind down and get ready to leave the next day or whatever we got to do. Well, we start, me and you start looking around. You look at me and say, where's Earl? I said, 
I don't know. He's usually back in here by now because he's usually ready to go too. And I'm like, I asked a couple of the, I asked the owners, have you seen Earl? No, we had, we Earl left earlier, about 30 minutes ago. And I'm like, where in the world's he at? So we just kind of wait a couple minutes. We go ahead and go outside where this pool room was at. We parked right right up to the pool room is the way the parking stalls were. And basically, uh, the van we're in, I think it was yours, and we kind of go right up to almost to the door. You can almost put the, the front wheels in the door. So so anyway, we open up the door to go outside, and I look at the van, and we cannot see inside of the van. Cannot see it. And I'm like, what is going on? So I go out there, and I knock on the window, and Earl rolls the window down. He's done got about three or four people from that town from the pool room out there with him. And this cloud of smoke come out and hit me like to knock me down. And I said, what in the world's going on? And Earl gets to laugh, and you know how he laughs. <laughs> when he does all that stuff like that. And I'm like, Earl, what are you doing? He says, do you want to come in and join us? I said, no, I'm ready to go home. Anyway, I had to laugh at that because most people wouldn't do that. And, but that, that's what you kind of, that's what you'd be in for if you was around me and Earl and you and anyway, it's all pretty fun. Yeah, he uh, yeah he invited a bunch of guests and uh, with him and we, you know we travel from that. That was in uh, Tacoma, Washington. Uh, Is that where it was? was? I didn't know Tacoma. in Tacoma, Washington they done that, but I guess they do that everywhere. Well, I tell you what, we get around Earl and you never know what's what's going to happen, but. And I was, I couldn't understand why all of a sudden I was hungry all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're I, right about that. I'm a strange, I have a strange eating habits. Uh, you know, all of a sudden I'm going on a trip and the, whenever I'm in the, the, the van, is somehow I'm like eating Vienna sausages and bags of chips and I just can't stop eating. Anyways, Johnny, it's been nice reminiscing for the throwback yes, Thursday and, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll uh, talk some more about this stuff. Uh, this is a, this is the stuff that was appropriate for radio. Uh, well, you know, well, hopefully yeah, when this book gets done, it's going to have some, you know, some more interesting stories in there, and maybe a little bit more language that. Uh, yeah. Well, my son and my daughter's with me, so I got to be a little bit PG, but. And I tell you was, one thing. This was the know, I am playing this. I am playing this weekend, though. I'm, I don't know if I'm streaming it or what, but um, I'll be playing Jeffrey Ignacio this weekend at my pool room, 6 p.m. Marietta Beer Club. So just want to put a little plug in for that. Yeah, I want to say thank you to Dave and thank you to you, Mark. I know I always pick at you because you still make me laugh. And I, so listen, real quick before before we go. Um, Six o'clock at your, uh, Marriott Billiard Club. You and Jeff Ignacio are playing a race to twenty-five for five thousand. Five thousand real money, right? Five thousand real man. money. This ain't no, uh, yeah. This ain't no fake. Uh, this ain't no fake advertisement. It will be. It's a full, real five thousand a man. And uh, right now, I'm, I'm still contemplating on streaming it. So uh, there may be a free stream out there. I'm sure somebody's going to do it. So anyway, right. look for it. You, if you ain't in town, you can't come by. Look for it. If there's anybody around uh, the Marietta, Georgia area, and they do streaming, I don't know. I know there's a lot of streamers about. 
get get in touch and see if there's something that maybe you want to do. Maybe you and Johnny can work something out. Call Maria Bowie Club. So sounds good. All right, thank you very much, Johnny. I'll speak to you again, my friend. Thank you, Dave and uh, Mark. I appreciate it. you guys do a good thing. We'll talk to you later, Marky. All right. Bye bye. Well, that's it. Throwback Thursday. Uh, the Legends and Champions Report brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. I don't know. He's, uh, maybe that kind of thing is fun for us to ch- chat about, but not, uh, you know, might not be for everybody. Um, but until next week, I will speak to you then. <laughs>